Hey, it's Deep Focus. I'm your host, Mitch Goldman, and this is part two of a three-parter from September of 2011. Vernon Reed was my guest in the studio. We were talking about the band Weather Report. Weather Report, if you know Vernon's music, if you've heard him, probably have with Living Color, uh, or any of the other great music that he's done, it really fits kind of perfectly to know that Weather Report was one of the shaping influences on his young life. And he is talking very passionately and extremely well-informed about this topic. This is very exciting. Okay, let's get back into it. It's part two, September of 2011, Vernon Reed on the topic of Weather Report. It's Deep Focus. off oh yeah you it is 1975 and not just any time in 1975 it is november 19th you are in copenhagen denmark you are in the audience for weather report and you're listening to wkcr here in 2011 my name is mitch goldman we call this program deep focus and my guest tonight once again vernon reed hey hey now, um, this was, uh, this once again, we'll give you the lineup of this era of Weather Report. Joe Zavinul on keyboards, Wayne Shorter, tenor and soprano saxophones, Alfonso Johnson, we're shining a little special bright light on, on the electric bass, Chester Thompson on the drums, Alex Acuna, Alejandro Acuna playing percussion. We heard Nubian Sundance, Scarlet Woman, and that beautiful bass intro into Cucumber Slumber. Yeah, man. Vernon. We were talking off mic a little bit about things that identified the mid-70s. Oh, sure. And the world that seems to have turned around a few times since then. Oh, yeah. What, among other things, we were saying that um, how many other kinds of music and aspects of the music world this intersected with. Oh, yeah. The, well, the thing is, the thing you have to remember is that, that there was... Before there was rock jazz fusion, there was a R and there was a whole history 
of R and B jazz fusion that led up to it. And 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 here's the crossover is that Zawinul, you know, he wrote one of the iconic pop jazz instrumentals. You know, he, he wrote at least he, he wrote a few of them. Yeah. Right? But but the one the the one that's the best known is, you know, because, you know, he, um, I mean, Zawinul had a, a, an impressive resume before he played with Miles. He played with Ben Webster. He did a bunch of stuff. But he most notably played with Cannibal Adderley. And he wrote the class, the absolute classic Mercy, 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 which started out as an instrumental and then was became a hit when people wrote lyrics. Like Mercy, Mercy, Mercy was so popular that, that it, people wrote lyrics to it. And then that, version of Mercy, Mercy, Mercy also became a hit. So Zawinul was firmly steeped in R&B and, you know, African-American music straight up. And he had a tremendous amount of success in that as well. And so, right. and, and people might not realize also how popular Cannonball was. Oh, yeah, Cannonball, Cannonball um, was massively popular, you know, because also Cannonball... He was a real people person. Like, he was very, I mean, I think about Cannibal Adderley. I think about a figure like Cannibal Adderley. He's, um, he's kind of, in my mind, and he, I, don't, they ever, I don't think they ever played together, but kind of spiritually, and, and I, would, I think of Cannibal Adderley where I think of uh, Donnie, Donnie Hathaway. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, there was yeah, a yeah. whole kind of community-based, the whole idea of music, of jazz music as music, for an urban community um, was very much was was very much a, a, a current thing. You know, there was a kind of you know, like, like I you have know, to go it's back. Funny, I did, you brought to mind an obscure memory. I don't even know if I'm creating this in my mind now, but probably I remember are. <laughs> probably again watching the Grammy Awards and Stevie Wonder with an armload of Grammys. I'm trying to think if this was Songs in the Key of Life or maybe, well, it could have been any of a bunch of records from that period of time. And Cannonball had just passed and calling for a moment of silence during the television broadcast. It wouldn't surprise me. I mean, you know, that that was kind of like where It wouldn't surprise me. I mean, you know, I mean, there was an era, there was a time when musicians acknowledged each other. I mean, the last time I can re- clearly recall a moment like that was when Carlos Santana got his his Grammys for Supernatural, and he said, "God bless God, John Coltrane." I was there when yeah. when he when he got that. I mean, there was a time when the walls between styles of music were not there. There was a time, you know. I mean, Santana, some, San, Carlos Santana deserves a shout out for, among other things, being one of the few people who will stand up and say things like that today, who's, yeah. you know, like a, a diamond award. People don't even realize there's such a thing as a, the RIAA has a diamond award. When you mm-hmm. sell, you know, half a million copies, you get a gold record. When you sell a million, you get a platinum record. And if you sell 10 million, you get that diamond prize in just in this country. And so, I mean, you know, that's a that's a very short list of people. Oh yeah, that will do that. And oh, yeah. Santana. No, Santana is a, a singular. His career is singularly remarkable in its breadth and scope. And and the thing to remember is that at this time, you know, around the time of this, this is when Santana, the Santana band, was also experimenting very openly with jazz textures and improvisation. Part three of this series <laughs> might have to be with yeah. Carlos Santana. Yeah, because that's a, that's a, that's. I mean, they're the crossovers and the the resonant musics of the time period. I mean, it's very very rich. I mean, you would have to include go, bands, right, bands as varied ba- bands ahead. as varied as Cool and the Gang. You know, right. with Cool and the Gang, uh, th- there was a trumpet Michael Ray who played in Cool and the Gang and played in Sun Sunrise. in Sunrise Band. Yeah. Like at the same time, he would tour. But, but between both, you'd you'd have to include a band like like Rufus, you know. Right. You'd have to include the early Earth, Wind, and Fire, like Last Days in Time. Andrew Wolfolk, who is clearly a post Coltrane influenced saxophone player, was firmly in that band. Or Larry Dunn, who was clearly influenced by Herbie Hancock. I mean, the the crossovers, the resonances between groups 
from just various styles of music. You know, like you'd have to include Led Zeppelin doing a song called The Crunch, which was a shout out to James Brown. You'd have to have, you'd have to include James Brown making a shout out to John Cole, to Coltrane in one of his. How about the first Chicago album? Oh, without doubt, without doubt, Ch- Chicago, the Chicago records were concept albums, and and the only way they were able to get singles off of the Chicago records is that they had to edit them out because they were part of always part of larger pieces. They were always woven in. And they refused as long as Terry Kath was alive. I mean right. Terry Terry Kath was the was the kind of avant-garde, the the guitarist of of uh, of Chicago. I mean they would do these suites and they would dig out, you know, right. uh, 25 or 6 to 4 out of, you know... A 25-minute jam. Or yeah, whatever. exactly. Yeah. So this is the kind of thing that, you know, you'd have to include a band like what was going on with the band like War. I mean, there was like the, all right. of these, you know, you'd have to include things that were going on with bands like King Crimson, you know? Certainly. So there was a huge... Uh, I mean, there's a whole other... There's a whole other progressive wing of this music that's more firmly... You know, entrenched in rock, and I mean, another thing we were t- that you brought up um, off my Frank Zappa. Oh, and 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 Chester Thompson. Chester Thompson is a very Chester important. Thompson, who's the drummer on this music we're listening to right. from this Copenhagen show, played with played with Frank Zappa. Played played with Frank Zappa. Wound up playing at a, played a certain era of Santana, and, and ultimately wound up as a drummer in Genesis. I mean, you know, I mean, there are these linkages and these threads that go through these various supposed styles of music and musicians you know at 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 at, at that time, period of time there was a lot more um open open influence that was going on you know it's the reason why there's a Dwayne Allman playing on an Aretha Franklin record like Spirit in the Dark I mean this is you know or why Allman Brothers too, or, or, yeah mean, right the Allman Brothers or or, or or you know or, or or Jeff Beck uh playing you know on on you know Stevie Wonder records and, and and so on and so forth. This happened, so these these quote unquote fusions, um, uh, you you have to go to like Mungo San Maria's version of Cold Sweat. I mean there were all of the all of these things or or or, or, or Ramsey Lewis's version of the In Crowd, you know, and which was as popular as the original In Crowd. So 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 this thing kind of went back and forth, and there was a time when a song like the in crowd would be a, a chart topping scenario, you know. So that is part of the culture, you know, where things were being marketed, but there was a really strong, if if, if not if not crossover element, there were there were so many interlocking, you know, like a band like Cool and the Gang. So I mean the voicings, you know, the, the ensemble was you know, it was it was hip. Yeah, the was horns. Hip. The horns were it was it was hip. Would, would, would look at band, a band like the Ohio Players, you know, not to be trifled with. You know, like a song like Skin Tight, the extended version of Skin Tight was a jam. You know, was a, you know I mean there was that's what was happening. You know, um, and and it was a free flow of it. And this was all I'm talking about not avant-garde music. I'm talking about commercially available music. So there was there was uh, just a very rich and and you and you hear the result of it. You know, re- very recently um uh, uh there's been a, there's a tremendous documentary film about uh, the band the Tribe Called Quest. And a Tribe Called Quest, you know, and I would I, I would even go to like a, you know to to the you know the obscuritans amongst you to think about you know a, a figure uh, like MC 900 for Jesus. I mean, like right. this music wound up being sampled by bands, you know, be strongly influencing, you know, artists like MC 900 for Jesus and the Tribe Called Quest. You know, it's very, I mean, Weather Report is all the, the the kind of sound, if not the if not the samples themselves, but the approach to 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 the groove and the approach, the it's, 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 weather report is all over Tribe Called Quest. That feeling is all over that music. So you know this 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 music had a very powerful and it was a part of a time period where the walls were not. Um, I mean, you know, <laughs> the walls were not h- hard and fast. I mean, this thing was 
you know, musicians were listening to each other and be and, and openly being influenced. You know, people would say, oh, they stole this and they stole that. But the influence just cut across the dividing lines. Fusion for real. Oh, absolutely. It was it, it, not so, not just about what it became, but, you know, the roots of of this music goes deeply back, goes back into the, you know, I mean, I would say back into the, the 60s, into the 40s, you know what I mean? Right. I, I mean, you, you could argue that Louis Jordan was a kind of proto-fusion artist, you know, because what he did was that he had a strong, you know, he was a big, he was a big band who had a completely strong, you know, R&B flair to it, you know, and was incredibly, you know, uh, humorous and clever, and I, I would dare say, you know, influenced a whole generation of artists that succeeded him. So I was thinking Slim Gaylord, but uh, I'll take the uh, Louis okay, 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 all right, okay. yeah. Now I think we got to, I think we got to bring it on home to you. <laughs> a little, take it a little farther downtown, actually. Now this show that we were listening to was Copenhagen, November of 1975. Now whatever else, by the way, there's a. Uh, I want to make sure I get this right. There's a spectacular website somebody put together with, among other things, every um, every tour, every live date that Weather Report ever played. I think it's I think it's three views. T H R E E. I should know this. Oh, three views of a secret. Dot com. Yeah, it's three views dot com. I think is what oh. it is. And um, they have every show. And these guys, these guys were very busy in 1975. This was. Uh, it's, it's pretty incredible how on the case these guys were, and considering that they were in the studio as well. But um, 1975, so about a month and a half prior to this, October 7th, Weather Report played a room you know very well, Brian mm-hmm. Reed. Oh, yeah. And uh, I, from the sound of it, a much smaller place than they'd been playing in Copenhagen, and a much smaller room than I think they might ever have an opportunity to play in New York again. And I'm talking about the bottom line, which was a much, much loved venue. Yeah, beloved venue, and and, and actually was um, was a place where this kind of music, where jazz rock fusion music, and you know the, you know it was it was it was remarkable the variety of musics that came through, you know the bottom line. I mean, because it would be anything from Billy Cobb to Warren Zevon. Would be right, and also seventy five. It's funny thinking about that. That was those legendary shows that made Bruce Springsteen's career and put him Absol- on the cover. Absolutely, of, you know, magazines. absolutely. Yeah, you know, at that time, at that time, you know, it was like a hop, skip, and a jump from the bottom line to CBGBs to back end. You know, don't, I mean, don't don't get don't get me don't. started, <laughs> darling. Well, <laughs> don't get me started. But also, you know, at the same time. Sun Ra would play there, you know. Oh, I saw Dexter Gordon there. Oh my you God. Know. I saw Sun Ra, I saw a show, a Sun Ra show, that I would say changed my life, without doubt. Like that was the freakiest, most, like the night after seeing the show. I remember people walked out in utter silence, like people. <laughs> <laughs> like it was the only time where he was. Ra was playing it was the full on June Tyson the full you know uh, Ronnie Boykins was in the the Marshall Allen was the full orchestra and not I I don't think the waitresses I don't know how they made money because (laughs) nobody moved in the room it was it was one of those shows where you know where Ra was playing with the backs of his hands right 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 and literally I, I remember this show and after it was over, I walked out into the streets and everything seemed suffused with strangeness. Like I couldn't, I looked at things as, yeah. you know, he, it was, it was a, wow. That was one of the most, uh, so the bottom line, there, there, there are many people have great memories. I have wonderful memories of playing the bottom line. Um, but as a fan, just seeing like crazy, um, you know, extraordinary shows. Yeah. It was now a little uh, pencil sketch. It was um, right in the heart of the village, right by NYU. What was it? Uh, Green Street and, and oh, man. I, sh- it's on West, I should know it's this off the top of my head. On, um, West 4th? Okay, we'll leave that alone. Come West back to that. West 4th or West 3rd? 
right around there. <laughs> I could walk by it and find it. I it, was on Mer- it was on Mercer. But Mercer, you're exactly right. right. Yes. And um, it was uh, was not a huge room. It held about 400 people, I would say. and uh, But it had a good size, wide stage, and really strong Yeah, and a great sight, great sight lines unless you were by the column. Right, right. Yeah, there were columns <laughs> There was the a room. column that was like, if you were seated, if they seated you by the column, you were... But now you didn't go to the bottom line to hang out, to see who else was hanging out. You went there to listen to music. And you paid your money and you went in and you heard a show and then you got chased out before they, well, they kicked you. They kicked <laughs> your butt out. They, they, they turned the, the house, show. baby. But all that being said, if you were at the bottom line, your eyes and ears were facing exactly one direction. You were you were in it. So, And I think I kind of feel that feeling listening to this recording. Maybe oh, it's yeah, just man. me. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, the thing about the bottom line, you know, I mean, what I, well, the other thing that was great about it is that you, you, you could walk at the bottom line and it would be, you know, art ensemble would play at the bottom line. And, 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 and the whole thing about that stage was that it was so dramatic, like the way bands would set up their, their that was part of the thing. There was a whole thing about walking in and seeing the setup of, well, I'm, a, I'm purely speaking as a musician <laughs> geek, purely. Please. But 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 it, that was um, it was that was a big part of it, and uh, I remember that the the, the Sunrise show because he had these crazy keyboards I'd never seen before, weird synths and organs and things, and then they had like these massive you know African drums, and and what was crazy about that show was that they had a whole procession through the audience yes. to get to the stage. It was it was something else, but. Uh, yeah, so so it was it was a a, a tremendous um, tremendous place to, to to hear music. Well, so we are walking into the bottom line, October seventh, nineteen seventy five. Once again, weather report: it's the same lineup: Zavanul and Shorter, Alfonso Johnson on the bass, Chester Thompson playing the drums, Alex Acuna on percussion. Uh, we'll hear Freezing Fire, and another take on Cucumber Slumber and Bajia. You are listening to Deep Focus on WKCR. My name is Mitch Goldman, and my guest is Vernon Reed. And this is music from Weather Report on WKCR. Thank you. 
Killing you, isn't it? <laughs> Stopping right in the middle of that Wayne solo. Woo! Okay, you want to hear the rest of that? You got to listen to part three of this podcast. And if you jumped in the middle somehow, the podcast is called Deep Focus. You can find it on your favorite podcasting app. You can always get us at the hosting site, which is MitchGoldman.podbean.com. I'm Mitch Goldman, your host. And uh, you can also follow us along on Instagram. It's Deep Focus Podcast, and that's a place to get all the latest information about what's coming up here in Deep Focus. And uh, yeah, that was part two. This is September of 2011. Vernon Reed, my guest. The band is Weather Report. It's three chunks of about an hour each. So go check out part three. Hurry up before that Wayne solo just dribbles out. Come on.